Aspiring Headliner with QSC. Welcome to the show, Abigail Ori. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really, really good, thank you. All things considering how this year's been. Um, so where are we speaking to you from today? Uh, I am calling in from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, nice. Um, how are things there at the moment? They're all right. You know, uh, cases in the U.S. are skyrocketing, um, but it's, it's snowed recently, so it's really beautiful outside. Oh, and do you get the nice snow there? I'm guessing it's not like what we get in the U.K., which is more sludge, I'd describe it as. We get we get nice snow. We get we get truly get a mix. Uh, this is nice snow, though. <laughs> Excellent, glad to hear it. Um, so, what has this year been like for you? Because obviously, so many artists have had all kinds of things cancelled. Anything from you know big tours to smaller gigs, um, just plans derailed. Really. So, what's it been like for you? Oh, it's been absolutely crazy, and especially as a uh, senior in college, it's just been. Really nuts, um, but I have been doing a lot of work, a lot of artistic work uh, on my own, which has been, I guess, good to get an opportunity to do that when normally I might be busy with other things. Okay, so you've been able to sort of keep busy then by the sounds of it? Uh, definitely. Oh, cool. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> and what are you studying at college? Um, I am a folklore major. Okay. So I study kind of... Uh, a lot of things but uh especially sort of the the oral tradition side of um anthropology oh amazing and does any of that translate into your music do you think does it have an effect on it in any way i mean i think that my my love of a variety of folk things uh translates into my music pretty well you know there, i do have some folk music influence um, which I think can definitely be, be heard. So yeah, I would say a little bit. Okay. Awesome. And, um, I saw that growing up, so you were first exposed to music by your mum, but it wasn't until you heard Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses that something just clicked for you. So tell us about this and what sort of spark that ignited in you as a child. (laughs) It was, it was, uh, a year in middle school where I had discovered my parents' CD collection And I just picked out a couple CDs with really weird covers, to me at least at the time. Uh, One of them was Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses, and the other one was Nevermind by Nirvana. Um, And I was like, wow, these are really weird-looking CDs. I wonder what they have on them. Uh, And I remember popping Appetite for Destruction in and just thinking, like, wow. So this is what, this is what, like music is about, you know, this, these people get music, which is, is, is maybe a little, a little funny given that it was a completely new genre and definitely out there compared to what I had listened to before, um, for me at least, but I just absolutely fell in love with it. Well, it doesn't matter what it is. I guess something clearly clicked for you there, didn't it? Maybe you hadn't heard anything like that before and it just, you were like, wow, this is it. I was just like, wow, these, these people like get it. Yeah. For sure. You know, I was 11 or something. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were at the, you're at the grand old age of 13, uh, I saw you formed a childhood cabaret punk band. Love that, by the way. So tell us about how that helped you sort of, um, I don't know, find your stage presence or your, you know, your niche in songwriting. Absolutely. Well, that was the first time that I'd really, 
um, I'd done some sort of lyric writing for, uh, for some musical theater style things. And, you know, I'd written little poems or things before, but I'd never sat down and been like, I'm going to write a song like something you might hear on the radio or, or on YouTube or anything like that. Um, and so that was sort of the beginning of my interest, um, in exploring that style of songwriting. Mm -hmm. And it was also sort of the beginning of my interest in singing my own music because before when I was sort of writing, you know, I would write little plays with my friends and we'd write songs to go in the plays and it would just, I would assume that the songs would not be performed by myself. That was kind of the baseline assumption. Um, but when I started writing, in this context, I was like, oh, you know, I could do this. Like I could, I could sing the song, I guess that might be fun. <laughs> yeah. And so that was my, my introduction to thinking okay. along those lines. Cool. And so what were your musical influences growing up and what are you into now? Gosh, I mean, my musical influences were very much just whatever my parents were listening to. So from, uh, from, sort of religious, various types of liturgical music to uh, my mom loves, loves, loves Joni Mitchell. So definitely Joni Mitchell. Um, My dad for a while was really into playing Elvis for me. So Elvis, the Beatles, um, just sort of like classic rock also um, and folk music for my mom were sort of my influences growing up. Uh, and now, I mean, I listen to all that stuff still, but I also have a love for uh, all sorts of wacky, wacky music. I especially love music that's wacky that is also very popular. It's just, I get a huge kick out of that. So I love uh, Marina and the Diamonds, and I love the Violent Femmes. I love... Uh, <laughs> like, any super weird pop music from the from the like 2000 to 2015 really so like when i grow up by the pussycat dolls big fan of that song (laughs) that is a tune to be fair but yeah anything kind of anything kind of out there i guess i also have been uh on a big there's a there's a there's a band called brown bird um which is a folk folk inspired band uh from a state near mine that i'm really big into and have been for a while so they're another another one that I'm really a big fan of. Okay. And you mentioned, you know, you're into kind of weird stuff. And I've seen as well, you describe your own music as weird pop. So what, um, what do you think, I guess, is um, weird about it? I think I know what you mean, I guess, when you explain our listeners, we have to kind of get it. Or um, just maybe what's not mainstream about it, or maybe something you typically hear on the radio. And just curious, have you always strived to offer something, you know, a bit different or outside of the mainstream stuff that we normally hear? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I would say about it is it's definitely, I think that the way that my music utilizes sound is very different, sort of like sound effects, I guess, is very different than anything you might hear probably in in sort of pop radio music. Um, I have a big love for for sound effects and for just kind of experimenting with noises essentially. Um, and I really love to bring that to my own music, which is not particularly in the pop style, I don't think, but, you know, at the same time, my lyrics are written in a pop, generally in sort of a pop format, pop structure, folk structure. Um, 
I would like to think that my melodies are catchy. Um, you know, there's something, there's something definitely mainstream about that and about sort of maybe how polished certain aspects of the song are. But then, you know, I like to throw in fake trumpet or cowbell or uh, raindrop sounds or just sorts of all sorts of things that you might not normally hear. Um, and yeah, I like to, I would like to offer something outside of the mainstream. I like, uh, I like to just experiment basically. I like to just try to try to get what's in my head out into the world and, uh, you know, not sticking within a particular mold, um, for me is definitely the most effective way to do that. Mm. And, um, what is it that tends to inspire your songwriting? Oh my goodness. You mean lyrically? I guess the lyrics. I know a couple of your songs are very specific, <laughs> you know, the one, the tooth song, etc. But um, do you just draw from literally, I guess, any kind of random idea that you can, that you can make into a song? Absolutely. Just kind of the, anything that, that occurs to me where I'm like, oh, wow, that could be, that could be interesting to try to communicate in a song then I'll just go for it. Um, one of my songs is based on a book and was originally written for a dance production, also based on the same book. Um, so it's Waves uh, was was based on a dance production based on uh, a book called The Invention of Morel. Um, Doomsday was just me, me playing around with sort of apocalypse, end of the world, end of days kind of... Uh, Imagery, you know, the, the tooth song was very much about my own experiences at the dentist and just trying to take those and, and add a little humor to it. Okay, well, there's something, definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> there's something just so kind of inherently, I guess, absurd about writing a song about your teeth that I just I had to go for it with the humor there (laughs) I think you're absolutely right and it kind of links into humor it's just it reminds me of places where you know you shouldn't laugh so I love that you've tied in humor to that (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've been to the dentist and literally nothing's funny but I'll start thinking to myself don't laugh and then I'll just laugh and uh, I don't know how funny the dentist finds it so I love that you've done a song about that Um, so um, why is it important for you to kind of be truthful in your songwriting and write about real experiences well you know I mean I'm not opposed obviously I'm not opposed to writing sort of character character pieces um, like waves but I I don't know for me for me my art is very much about communicating my own feelings like it's sort of an outlet for me and so writing about my own experiences in some ways is the the easiest way for me to do that um you know not not that everything that I write about is a hundred percent based on reality or fact or or something but but just that I like to be inspired by things that I've experienced um or things that I felt maybe more more specifically um and I don't know I for me really I spent a lot of time being very frustrated by the number of pop songs that are all about the same thing. Not that there's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with writing about relationships and love. And I'm not, you know, I, I write about my relationships with people. Um, but when I was in a little vocal group in high school, I just got very annoyed by the number of times I'd have to just basically sing the same about the same topic 
in in a different key and a different time signature. And so I just thought, you know, might as well try to try to come up with something totally different. Mm. Uh, I know what you mean because it's kind of been done, I suppose, hasn't it? All that content about relationships. It's nice to do something different or offer something different. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite things about um, Marina's album, The Family Jewels. Obviously, a lot of the songs on that album are about her relationships with people. Um, But none of the songs are love songs, per se. And they all take a super unique angle even when they are about relationships. And that just was very inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned earlier, you touched on your single Waves. So that one was originally written years ago and was revisited with your mentor and songwriter, Donna Lewis. So why did you decide to revisit this song um, after all that time? And how did that song come together? Well, you know, Donna and I were, were just kind of playing around with other songs that I had. Um, And as I was getting more and more of a sense for her songwriting style, I just thought of waves and was like, oh, Donna might connect with this. Um, I hadn't, I have like a a huge list of uh, lyrics from tons of songs that I've, that I've written or half written. And so oftentimes when I'm in a writing session in general, I'll just, go through them until I find something that, Oh, you know, that, that was intriguing to me. Um, let me try to build on that. It just so happened that waves was mostly done, but I hadn't found anything to do with it. Um, and yeah, it just, it just seemed to be, uh, seemed to be something Donna might click with. So I brought it up in the session and she did indeed click with it. And we spent the rest of the day, uh, playing around with it, adding, you know, adding chords and re- reworking the chorus melody and singing through it. So your new EP, Don't Mind Me, is out now. Um, so how did you set out to create the truest interpretation of what was going on inside your head with this one? Honestly, it was just so much of me uh, making this in the studio was like, hmm, that just doesn't, that just doesn't sound quite right. Or there needs to be something else there. What can I do to just (laughs) vomit this feeling out onto the, the recording. Um, and you know, like, I don't know if you're, if you're, (laughs) if you're cooking something and it says add, you know, whatever to taste. It was basically that process of like, Hmm, this doesn't quite taste. This doesn't taste quite right. Oh no. Let me add a little bit more. Oh, that was way too much salt. Let me add a potato. Like just that, that process, but musical, Mm -hmm. just trying to come up with, come up with something that seemed to communicate what I wanted, what I felt the urge to communicate. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. And we obviously, we touched on the Tooth song as a great example earlier. So <laughs> I can just imagine someone trying to pitch this to a mainstream label. <laughs> I mean, have you any teeth left? Have you any grit? Gritting teeth is bad, but facts won't stop me from doing it when I get old. And moldy my teeth will be the very last part of me to rot away. Hey, hey. Do you need a filling? Do you need 15? My dentist forgot the lidocaine, but not my cavities when I get old. And moldy. 
creative control though to get these unique and great songs out there is that the case definitely yeah uh maybe too much (laughs) maybe too much (laughs) (laughs) awesome and um you collaborated with don again on many of the tracks on the ep didn't you including the lead single quiet company so um this single is inspired by your sort of inner struggle to find identity so tell us about how this idea took the form of a song Honestly, uh, it started with me on a really sort of in in a really disgruntled uh, state driving and humming to myself. And that song just sort of started being born in that way. Um, And I wasn't that's the only song on this uh, on this EP that I can't really point to a specific experience that it's immediately tied to it. It sort of is an accumulation of, of emotions um, that go into that song as opposed to, as opposed to like, Oh, I wrote this after I went to the dentist, this specific, like I can point to the date that I went to the dentist and inspired the tooth song (laughs) with quiet company. That's not the case. It just sort of was an accumulation of emotion. And so that's why to me, it's a little bit more about this kind of struggle to, struggle to deal with uh, and internalize, you know, emotions and my, my, my sense of self um, as opposed to a particular event, I guess. Okay, no, that makes sense. I, I love that you can pinpoint the exact uh, time of the tooth song, though. Amazing. <laughs> Once I was friends with the devil He kept me a quiet company and when he left, the noise in my head came back Once I was friends with the devil It seemed he really liked me <laughs> But when I sang out, he drowned out the sound Oh, won't you bring me some peace I dreaded the devil He only So um, you've also done, I've seen as well, a unique take on a Christmas song on the EP. So it's All I Want for Christmas is Emotional Stability, which is something I think is on all of our Christmas lists this year. So um, have you always <laughs> wanted to write a Christmas song? Like, how did this one come about? You know, I thought of the title when I was like 13 and I was like, oh, that would be a, that would be a rocking Christmas song. All I want for Christmas is emotional stability. And then just, I never thought of anything to go with it. So it just stayed as a title um in my head you know how people you know will talk to each other and be like oh that would be an awesome band name and they'll write it down in their list Mm -hmm. of like band names that would be cool for bands if a band existed that needed a name um basically basically same idea but with song titles uh and then just one day in it's actually i started working on it like after christmas one year I think January 2nd or so, (laughs) roughly, um, I was just hanging out and was like, it's Christmas time, Yuletide, it's also season, and I, and I was like, oh, hmm, 
that would that seems like it's a start to an interesting song let Mm -hmm. me explore that and so I did and it ended up working perfectly with the with the title which became sort of the the chorus uh intro as well Mm, okay and it's definitely not like uh anything you'd usually hear which is quite refreshing actually (laughs) I wish your one was on the radio and then I could stop hearing all I want for Christmas is you thousands of times a day um (laughs) so uh what is your favorite song on the EP if you've got one that might be a bit of an unfair question though oh my gosh you know to sing it would be all I want for Christmas is emotional stability it's definitely the most fun to sing Mm. to listen to I would say quiet company okay why is that do you think well so all I want for Christmas is emotional stability is just really uh expressive and really playful and I really enjoy that um sort of from a from a singing perspective uh it's just a lot of it's a lot of fun to kind of jump around the melody um but then with quiet company I don't know I just love the way the the instrumentation came together it didn't end up sounding anything like what I expected it to sound like but I love it and I love uh I love the the all the sound effects that are in there, the fake trumpet, the little raindrop. Um, I love how sort of the voice seems very expressive to me. Uh, and it's not perfect vocally, but it's, but that kind of makes it better, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's something I really love about that song. And I just, I find it fun to <laughs> listen to Okay. Yeah, no, I get that. It's unpolished, I suppose you mean. So it's, um, you quite like that character of it. Absolutely, yeah, unpolished. Mm. It's polished, but it's less polished. Yeah, that sounded a bit (laughs) insulting there, I do apologise. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's good, it's cool. And um, what, um, I guess, as an aspiring singer-songwriter and artist, what advice have you got for any others that are out there trying to start on their journey of getting their EPs out or doing any of that side of things? Well, I guess the the advice that I've been given that I feel like is kind of a cliche, but, but... is really helpful is to find your own voice. Um, You know, like figure out what it is that you sound like and and what you like the best about your own work and, and, and play with that. Um, I also think just in, in general, sort of for artists in, in many different types of art, giving yourself constraints can be really helpful if you're having a hard time with, with sort of writer's block or whatever, like saying, okay, I'm going to write a song about X or I'm going to write a song, but I'm not going to use, but, it, but it's going to be in a different key or it's not going to use this instrument or it's definitely going to use this other instrument that I never play with um, is just sometimes helpful if you're having a hard time thinking of what direction to go. Okay, no, that does sound like good advice, actually. Um, you, I know you might sound it sounds cliche, but it is just obvious, and sometimes that is the best advice, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what I've heard the most from from other people when I ask, kind of, you know, what what's the most important thing to focus on for a for a songwriter or for a vocalist, and it's always just find out what who you are as a as an artist, and that's. 
it's, it's a work in progress for me, but it's been helpful to think about so far. <laughs> Definitely. And um, what about, I know this year's kind of tailing off now. Have you got any other musical plans for this year or are you just focusing on the EP? And what about next year? Nothing for 2020, but hopefully, uh, hopefully some new releases in 2021. We'll see. Okay, okay. It's all right. You can keep your cards close to your chest and we'll, we'll be watching. <laughs> we'll be watching. We don't want you to give anything away, but um, no, that's really exciting. It's good to have stuff to look forward to, especially after this year, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll post about it on Instagram. <laughs> okay, so I'll definitely see it there then. Um, okay, I think that's a, a really positive note to end on there, Abigail. So thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciated this. This was really fun. You're so welcome. You go and enjoy the snow and I'll just be here in the cold in England. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thanks, Abigail. All right. Bye. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.